the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So much for joining us at six minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the fifth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2018. One day away from one of the most important elections of our time. And I cannot overstate that. I do not believe that to be hyperbole. I also do know that I and others have said the same thing about many recent elections. But the fact remains that I think as the years go by, in this time, in the year of our Lord 2018, it's true. Each passing election becomes just a little bit more important than the last. Because we're fighting for the future of a country. We're fighting for the soul of a country. We're fighting for what we stand for as American citizens. We're fighting for our national dignity. We're fighting for our national pride. We're fighting for our national prosperity. And we have two choices in which way to go for those things. We can reward violence, thuggery, and mob-like behavior slander, smearing, trying to personally destroy people that we do not agree with, calls for violence, calls for harassment, calls for intimidation, we can reward and let that be a statement on our national dignity. Or we can call for settling our differences at the ballot box, settling our differences at the debate table or on debate stages. Settling our differences like civil, decent Americans and not Antifa thugs. We can choose that as our national dignity. As it pertains to our national prosperity, the decision we have to make tomorrow could not be more important. And the differences could not be more stark. The contrasting visions of the economy in this country... And for the economic, not just survival, but in the two years since President Trump has taken office, our thriving economy, not surviving, we survived the Obama years. We are thriving in the Trump years. The differences could not be more dramatic. So when we say that tomorrow is the most important election of our time, it might sound a little bit hyperbolic. It might sound like it's a little bit of melodrama. It's not. For if the 2016 election and stopping Hillary Clinton from becoming president of the United States was important, if stopping the third term of Barack Obama and more economic malaise while sacrificing more of America's own interests in the interest of serving the rest of the world through the globalism of the democratic national vision, in fact, we can't even call it a national vision. Their vision for our nation is to sacrifice for the good of the globe. Our democratic global vision, as important as that election was, and we said it at the time. We said it was the most important election of our lifetimes. We had to stop Hillary Clinton. 
And because we did, I have never been more grateful to anyone, politically speaking, than I am to President Donald Trump. Now, I can say that because I'm, a, I'm an adult right now. I, I was a kid when Ronald Reagan was elected in 1980. I was 13. So I couldn't express it in that kind of way then. And I suppose through my history I could say I am you know, equally grateful or just as grateful for, to uh, Ronald Reagan for defeating the Democrats who are leading us into an eternal, eternally destructive mode, let's put it that way, when Jimmy Carter was in office and we were an absolute laughingstock on the national stage, when Iranians were capturing American citizens and holding them hostage, where the Soviets were more and more emboldened by the weakness of America. I am just as grateful to Ronald Reagan for winning the Cold War, for stopping the rampant spread of communism, for leading to the destruction of the Soviet bloc. Just as grateful for that from a historical standpoint, but living in the now and being a grown adult as this is happening, I might not like everything that Donald Trump says. I might not like every way that he says it. But I will forever be grateful to him for the greatest contribution he could have given this country. And that is he stopped Hillary Clinton from winning the White House. That positive step is as big as any that I've, in my lifetime, certainly, and even in my studying of history, that I can recall. So if that 2016 election was that important to stop her, I can honestly say the 2018 midterm election is even bigger. Why? Because now we have to defend what we did in 2016. Now we have to defend, starting tomorrow, well, actually now as early voting continues, but but tomorrow we have to defend our choice. We have to defend the decision that we made to hand the reins of power to a political neophyte. And yes, Donald Trump, as a newbie, he was not a politician. I mean, he was closely tied to a lot of politicians, during his career as a multi-billionaire real estate mogul, an investor uh, in his in his public career, yeah, he was tied to a lot of politicians, but he was never a politician until now. And this political neophyte, this this newbie, this newcomer, this guy figuring out figuring it out as he goes, has managed to put together, with the help of his Republican colleagues in Congress. Not always helpful, by the way. Sometimes they had some combat, but that's what it's about. It is about debate. It is about dissent. It is about differing ideas. It's what separates, by the way, conservatives from liberals. They don't, we don't, we don't suffer from groupthink. We don't willingly go into groupthink. We actually have differing ideas, but all of them are rooted in the same thing. All of them are rooted in the capitalist model. All of them are rooted in the model of liberty. All of them are rooted in the model of smaller government, of lower taxation, of higher wages, and more. But despite their differences, the president and this Congress, through two years, again, the president being a newbie to all of this, has figured it out to the point where our success cannot possibly be denied. In fact... That's, that statement is so obvious that the Democrats aren't even trying because they cannot fight 
the economic numbers. They cannot fight the job numbers. They cannot fight the wage growth. They cannot fight the, the, the GDP. They cannot fight manufacturing coming back. What happened to that magic wand? Well, he found one, didn't he, Mr. Obama? They can't fight it. They can't make a fight on the basis of national security. They won't open borders. They can't fight on the immigration front. They know that the vast majority of Americans don't want the caravan coming in or anybody else illegally. So they've reverted back to 2008 and 2009. They're calling for Obamacare. Hey, this this election is about Obamacare from 10 years ago. Remember Obamacare? One of the most or one of the least popular pieces of legislation ever to become law in American history? Yeah, they're doubling down and saying pre-existing conditions, um, health care. They got nothing. They have no message except resist Trump, stop Trump. And guess what? Resisting Trump and stopping Trump isn't working. So they've latched onto health care as being their midterm message. Good luck with that, Democrats. We will not go backwards in the face of all that we have gained. We're going to talk about this this morning with Congressman Jim Jordan. He'll be joining me in about five minutes. Congressman Jim Renacci will be joining me in about 20 minutes. And we will also talk with the future governor of the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine, in the second hour of the program. It's a pre-election special edition. 592. Nine nineteen. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks so much for joining us again, Congressman Jim Renacci, who wants to be Senator Jim Renacci, will be joining me in about fifteen minutes. But for now, we have Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's fourth congressional district representation, for our last conversation before the voters go to the polls tomorrow. Good Congressman, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Too many gyms this morning, huh? Oh uh, yeah, I know. We're we're silly with gyms on some of these days. Whenever I get both of you guys together, um, Congressman. Um, I, I, I've just been kind of laying out in the first segment this morning, and I'd like you to follow up on this. You know, there's two real visions here for, for the United States. Barack Obama is out on the campaign trail, um, breaking all kinds of protocol, um, you know, doing what past presidents have never done, and that is in the midterm election, going out on the campaign trail for their party and slamming the current office holder by name in the way that he yeah. is. And I think that really points to um, to a sign of desperation, because their vision is what we had for eight years, which was one of the, the slowest uh, rebounds from a recession in the history of the United States, yeah. economic malaise, and more. Um, and, and, of course, the vision that we have now, which is being carried out with your leadership, with that of other yeah. congressional Republicans and President Trump, I don't think that the decision tomorrow could be more, you know, the contrast could be more stark. No, you're, you're, you're framed up exactly right. And I don't know that everyone's buying what former President Obama is saying, because he, he's out there saying he's the reason the economic growth is happening. Really? We, we, we were bumping along for the entire time you were president, like a percent, percent and a half growth rate. We're now above four. So I don't think people buy that. But you're exactly right. The left is the party of Kaepernick, Cuomo, and Waters. They want to raise taxes. They want to abolish ICE. They want to socialize medicine. They want to impeach the president. And I always say contrast that with the record uh, under the president's leadership in the last 21 months. I mean, well, we just got the jobs report last month, 250,000 new jobs in one month that were, that were created, 4.2% economic growth rate, lowest unemployment in 40 years, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh both on the court, out of the Iran deal, embassy in Jerusalem, new NAFTA agreement, hostages home from North Korea, and you could just keep going on and on. And I think, in the end, that's what this election is, uh, is about. But you're, with the president, former President Obama saying what he's saying, it's it sort of, 
underscores the comment that Secretary Clinton made four weeks ago, where she said, we'll be civil only when we win, which is exactly the wrong message. We're supposed to be civil all the time. You, you think about student-athletes, win or lose after the competition, you are supposed to be civil. Not just be nice and shake your opponent's hand if you win, but you do that same thing if you lose, and yet she's saying exactly the opposite thing. So it's just sort of the nature of the left today. Uh, yeah. what we see from these folks. Well, and, and and back to the Obama part of this, too. Again, you know, in 2016, when he was campaigning for his would, would-be successor, Hillary Clinton, he declared that Donald Trump isn't going to be able to bring back manufacturing jobs. There's no way to do that. What does he have, a magic wand? Yeah. Here we are today, and the manufacturing sector has improved dramatically for two years. It isn't a magic wand. It's sound economic policy, and they exactly. want us to turn it backwards and go back to the way that says, we can't do anything about manufacturing jobs. We have to be a service job, service industry nation because all of those jobs added during the Obama you know jobs boom as they like to call it were service jobs low wages which is why the you know uh, public assistance in terms of uh, food stamps and EBT cards etc was at an all time high during the Obama years again why would America yeah. want to turn back the clock to those days no no you're exactly right in our district which is West Central North Central and then gets up there to Northeast Ohio as well is one of the top manufacturing districts in the country. I'm out talking with manufacturers every single week. We're in Ohio, and and they tell me this. Some tell me this is it's never been this good in their entire careers. So th- th- that is coming back. That sector is coming back in a strong way, and it's because of the policies: lower regulation, less taxes, all the good things that have been put in place uh, by this administration. And that's what's that's that's what's on uh, at stake tomorrow when people go to go to vote. And I think in the end they're gonna they're gonna say let's stick with the Republicans because they're they're getting things done. Let's talk more about the civility that you mentioned a moment ago, because uh, let me play this 17 seconds of Lindsey Graham for a moment. It's now time to clean house and put people in the Senate that can help President Trump change America, put conservative judges on the court, cut your taxes and win a war we can't afford to lose. So, yeah, they brought out a different side of Lindsey Graham, and I hope all these candidates uh, that voted against Kavanaugh hope they lose. Senator Graham was on TV this morning reminding everybody of what the left did and what Senate Democrats did to Brett Kavanaugh. This is their example of civility. When they smeared and slandered and defamed the name of an innocent person, all for yep. their, you know, to satisfy their bloodlust for power, and that's what it was. Congressman, the American voters cannot possibly reward that kind of disgusting, despicable, disturbing behavior, can they? Yeah, no, I, I don't think they will. Uh, and it was so wrong what they did to this good man where, um, you know, you saw the lady recant. She said, oh, I was lying. It wasn't true. Just the other day that happened. Yeah. And yet, no, no follow-up from the Democrats. Nothing's been done. This is this is just the way the left operates today, and it's it's their and their motto is you know you're you're you used to be innocent until proven guilty. Now it's innocent uh, unless you're uh, or excuse me guilty if you're accused. If you're just accused of something, now you're guilty. Forget whether there may be evidence or not. So this is a sad state of affairs. Um, you think about Kaepernick. Uh, I said this the other day. Uh, the party of Kaepernick, Cuomo, and Waters. This, when Kaepernick disrespects the flag, they embrace that. They embrace Cuomo when he when he says this country was never that great. And they cheer on Waters when she says, go harass anybody who supports mm-hmm. our president. That's who they've become. Ellen Colder, kick them when they're down. Hillary Clinton uh, will be civil if we win, when we win. That is what's wrong with um, 
That's just not the way it's supposed to be. No, it's really not. And, uh, and, and that's why I was really glad to see Senator Graham this morning on TV reminding everyone. That's why I told people yep. you know, three weeks ago, go vote now while you're still mad. Go vote while you still see what they have done. <laughs> no, I mean, really, because you look at, you look at the face of, of an anguished Brett Kavanaugh and the face of his wife and the tears about everything that was being yeah. done to him completely no, false terrible. every step of the way. And, and again, that cannot be rewarded. This is what the Democrats did to try to push that nomination or those confirmation hearings until after this election. Uh, so that yeah. they could hopefully win this thing back and 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 then deny him altogether. And Congressman, I want that to be in everybody's you know forefront. I want everybody to hear Maxine Waters, as you just point out, hear Hillary Clinton, remember what was said about Brett Kavanaugh, and just yeah. say, look, we we as a country, we might have political differences, we might even have different views on taxation and borders, but you know what? We are all decent people, and, and we will not reward that indecent behavior. Yeah, and Bob, here's what here's what's at stake: if they take back the House of Representatives that kind of behavior is going to increase. Because yes. you are going to get chairman of certain committees who are going to spend the next two years going after the first family. And they are going to, not my words, they have said it. Maxine Waters has said it, and a number of other candidates, a number of Adam other Schiff. members of the United States, they've all said they are going to go after the first family, and they are going to impeach the president. And for two years, American politics will be dominated by investigations and impeachment proceedings, and we won't be able to get the things done that have led to this 4.2% economic growth rate and this lowest unemployment in 40 years. No, you're you're exactly right, uh, Congressman. And and the other thing we're going to do if we let them in is is forget about national sovereignty. Forget about our our border security. Forget border. about oh. the, these are the people screaming to abolish ICE, Congressman, to abolish yep. a federal law enforcement agency that is responsible for more than just removing criminal illegal aliens from the United States. They're responsible for limiting the flow of drugs, international drugs from coming coming across that border and being distributed throughout American cities. They want to abolish ICE. They want to open the doors for the caravan, which will encourage another caravan and another and another and another. That's yep. that's how important tomorrow is. And I, you know, the, the left calls this fear mongering when we point this stuff out. But guess what, Congressman? We have a lot to be afraid of. Yeah. And it's just facts. Look, you want to help deal with the drug and opioid problem. You want to help deal with the human trafficking problem. You want to deal with the gang violence that's coming across the border. Build the border security wall and secure the border. You don't solve those problems. You don't deal with those problems. By abolishing ICE and doing what their candidate for president said just two years ago, which was she wanted a borderless hemisphere. You don't go that direction. So that is a fundamental issue that is at the heart of this election tomorrow. And pe- that's why the president's talking about it so much over the last three or four days as he's out doing these amazing rallies across the country. History is not on our side, sir. Um, after Bill Clinton was elected, um, his party was in power in the White House. His party lost 50-plus seats in the midterm election. When Barack Obama was elected in 2008, two years later in 2010, his party lost 60-plus seats in the in the midterm election. So history says that our party, the Republican Party, is going to lose a ton of seats tomorrow. Is that, is that, is that what we have to face? Here's the difference, though, Bob. Those, those examples you gave, there wasn't a 4.2% growth rate. There wasn't the lowest unemployment in 40 years. There weren't 250,000 jobs added in just the month prior to the election, the month of October. And, and there wasn't just a record of a getting things done that we told the voters we were going to get done if they gave us the privilege to serve. So it was a much different record they had. Remember when Obama got trounced in 10, it was because they passed the largest spending increase in history with that big stimulus package, and they ushered in Obamacare, which took over health care. So it's a different scenario and that's why i think we can hang on and win this um but we got to get out and vote we all got to go do it
It is all about turnout. I completely agree. It's about turnout. And this, and this is what we're up against, by the way, just briefly. Um, there's a liberal clothing company. It's called, uh, well, I don't even want to give them, their, give them publicity. But they are closing their doors tomorrow. They're sacrificing a full day's revenues. Okay. They're closing all of their stores so that all of their liberal, because they're, they're very, uh, outspoken environmentalists, liberalists, and so on and so forth. So that all of their customers and their employees can make sure they get out to vote. So there's, they're giving up yeah. money, tons of revenue to make sure so this is an example of how motivated a lot of the liberals are to get out there and vote we have to match that voter intensity and turnout yep yeah well i'm going to be in cleveland today i assume you're going to be there with the president the president's matching that intensity every every rally he does and so i'm sure there's going to be tons and tons of people there tonight, uh, this afternoon which is going to be a good thing for our state and i think yes it is uh, the president continue to get the message out across the country congressman jim jordan thank you so much for everything you do you uh in in uh, washington and thanks for coming on with us as always you bet, Bob. Thanks for everything. Take you got it. Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. It's 930. We'll get out now because the congressman was right. We have a lot of Jims today. The next one, of course, is Jim Ernacy, uh, who will be joining us next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Less than 24 hours away from the start of D-Day, Decision Day 2018. Will the Democrats take back the House, and can the Republicans hold on to and grow their lead in the Senate? The balance of power in the Senate hangs on key races in red states, where Democrats are up for re-election. President Trump will spend part of Election Eve in Indiana, where Republican Mike Braun is trying to unseat incumbent Senator Joe Donnelly. President Obama rallied in Indiana yesterday. Make sure that we send Joe Donnelly back to the U.S. Senate. President Trump will hold a primetime rally tonight in Missouri, where Republican Josh Howley has a slight lead over incumbent Senator Claire McCaskill. She didn't even vote for Justice Kavanaugh. Think of that. For the Senate to turn blue, Democrats would need to gain two net seats. Rachel Sutherland. Fox News. All right, that report from Fox News Radio. And, of course, we're, we're, we're talking about the uh, races right here in the state of Ohio. The president is going to be on the scene. That's right, today in Cleveland at the IX Center with the likes of our next guest, Congressman, soon-to-be Senator Jim Renacci, joining us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you today? I am fantastic. Uh, the president is going to be in town. He is going to be stumping for you and for Beverly Goldstein and for so many other important Ohio candidates. How? What does it mean to you, Congressman Redacey, to know the president has identified this as one of the most important places to be 24 hours before we start voting on Tuesday? Well, Bob, look, I've been a partner with the president even before the last primary, and, uh, and I know he supports me, so it's good to see him come back. It's good to have him back here making sure that people get out and vote. That's really what this election is going to be about, getting out to vote, making sure people are not sitting back, and making sure that Republicans are, are, are voting. I mean, it, look, the Democrats are going to vote. Uh, we got to make sure the Republicans get out. They tell their brothers, they tell their mothers, they tell their sisters, they tell their neighbors. Everybody's got to get out and make sure they're voting uh, in the next 24 hours. 
The doors will open at noon today for the president's visit to the IX Center, which is scheduled to begin at about 3 p.m. And again, uh, you know, it's, it's, I was just talking to Jim Jordan about this, Congressman. You know, President Trump is out there campaigning like nobody ever has for an election in which his name is not even on the ballot. And I don't mean, I mean ever. His, you know, it's funny. He was, he kind of teased Jeb Bush on the debate stage two years ago about, uh, being low energy, three years ago, about being low energy. Uh, he meant it because this guy's what, 70, 71 years old and he is touring this country and making multiple stops per day uh, like he's 25 and uh and he's out there they're countering him congressman with barack obama as i said to jordan they're putting obama on the stage as if somehow uh, they think that that's going to turn the tide away from all of the progress we have made economically and otherwise under president trump who wants to turn the clock back to the eight years of malaise of, of uh, and higher taxes and weaker national security under barack obama well, I would agree. And look at the the job numbers that came out last week. Wages are up 3.1%. Unemployment's down to historic lows. These are things that, uh, you know, weren't occurring over the last eight years and are occurring over the last 20 months now under President Trump. So we have to continue to move forward. That's why we got to work to make sure we don't lose the House. we got to pick up some seats in the Senate. I'm just hoping people are listening and willing to make sure they get out but it's just not them. As I've been traveling well, the state the last couple of days, you got to get everybody out. You got to get your neighbors, your friends, your relatives, everyone. You're hundred percent right. That is so important to take somebody to the polls with you. Get get them out there and make sure that they vote. And and you know enough about the presidents now. I mean, I want to talk about how some of these presidents get done the things that they get done. You know, Barack Obama again with the you know slowest recovery from recession in in, in American history. Uh, with you know such low wages. Uh, even though they created a bunch of jobs, they were all either part time jobs or they were service sector jobs that were low paying compared to the manufacturing jobs. He was supported in those efforts by Sherrod Brown. Virtually every vote every time now let's compare that to where we are today with all of the 4.3 percent and 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 we can rattle off the unemployment numbers at an all-time low the overall number at a 50-year low etc and and president trump was supported in that endeavor by positive votes from you those are the things i hope people realize in your race you voted to help this economy grow sherrod brown voted to keep it stagnant because he voted with obama 99 percent of the time well, absolutely. He voted against the tax cuts and jobs bill. He's voted against the uh, majority of the uh, nominees, that, uh, including Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh. So he's not helping this president move forward. He's somebody who votes. He would rather vote with Elizabeth Warren 94% of the time, Chuck Schumer and his party 96 97% of the time. That's the difference. I voted with this president. Now, when there was differences I had with this president, I made him aware of it, and I voted against it. But I have voted 97% of the time to move this economy forward with this president. We'll continue to do that in the Senate as well. You know, I, um, I when I think about Sherrod Brown, he likes to call himself progressive, uh, and 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 to me, it is just the opposite of that because the things that he uh, supports, the thing that the things that he stands for, and the votes that he has cast have been essentially regressive for the United States economy uh, and more. And and on a personal level. Uh, I'm going to bring it up because he did not vote for Brett Kavanaugh. He did not vote to support Brett Kavanaugh because he said we should hashtag believe survivors, believe survivors of, of uh, domestic violence and domestic abuse and sexual abuse and so on and so forth. And, and again, he's walking around 
knowing that his uh, former wife uh, filed for and got a seven-count restraining order against him because of domestic abuse and domestic violence. I find that hypocrisy to be staggering. And even though he says, don't attack my family, nobody's attacking his family. We're attacking him, or at least I am. I'll speak for myself because of that hypocrisy. Well, you know, in the debates, I've said this right to him. No man should ever put their hands on a woman. Number two, forgiveness doesn't mean it didn't happen, and that's what his ex-wife did. She forgave him. But he also set the standard, not only not only in the Kavanaugh case, but also if you go to L. Franken, when he asked L. Franken to step down in December of 2016 because of sexual assault, yet there's almost uh, three and a half years worth of documentation of you know, domestic violence and non-payment of child support that uh, Sherrod Brown has uh, have, you know, actual documentation. And he thinks he can get grandfathered in. It's just unacceptable. He knows that. And the only thing he said to me in the debate was, shame on you. Well, shame on him. Uh, when I learned of those facts, I realized he should not. He's disqualified from being a United States senator. But even even with that, his voting record, the fourth most liberal center, he, and it depends on how you rate him. Sometimes he's even the first most liberal, but he's right. somewhere between one and four. That's not Ohio. That's not Ohio values. He believes in sanctuary cities. That's not Ohio values. He believes in late-term abortions, partial birth abortions. That's not Ohio. These are things that are not Ohio values. I'm just not certain how he's ever been elected unless people just have not figured him out. Well, I think they have. I just think, the, you know, the partisanship is such that they don't care. Uh, those who support him and have supported him for all of his career in Washington, D.C., which is essentially a lifetime, the thing that we can only hope for is that moderates who, who actually do care and who maybe didn't know these things about him before and maybe who also haven't seen the progress that this country has made economically and otherwise through lower taxes, through higher wages, uh, through better jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they didn't realize we can do better than Sherrod Brown, and now they know. What message do you have for for them, Congressman, and as we wrap this, the moderate voters, maybe the ones who have leaned toward the blue side, maybe the ones who have thought Sherrod Brown's okay with me, they don't know very much before. Now they do. What message do you have for them as they go to the polls tomorrow? Well, what I tell everybody, look, if you want to continue the growth that we have, you want to continue wages going up at historical rates, unemployment going down, I'm somebody who's going to stand to make sure that we're growing the economy here in Ohio and making Ohio first. You know, Sherrod Brown's been around for 44 years. We've got to look back. Think about it. Are you happy with what's been going on for the last 44 years? Most people say no. In fact, almost 80% of the people, and it's even funny, when I ask them if they like what's going on in Washington, they don't. And yet Sherrod Brown's been around for 25 years. So I'm hoping they get the message uh, that uh, I want to make sure that we lead and make sure Ohio's first again. It's not first today, but it surely can be again if we put the right person in there, and I'm hoping that I can earn their vote uh, today or tomorrow as, as uh, the polls open and close. Speaking of polls, let's talk about the predictive polls. Uh, what are they showing right now? I have seen uh, you uh, uh, tweet a couple of things, or your team tweeted a couple of things about the, the gap narrowing very much so, almost to the point where it's a toss-up, and it is all going to be about turnout. What's your confidence level there? Well, we feel very strong. Things have narrowed. Look, the last public poll has Sherrod Brown at 46%. That's not good for any incumbent. 17% undecided. We also have heard of an, another poll that hasn't been released yet where we're actually up two points. And I think those are the things that are important. I think we have closed this gap. 
and now put ourselves in a position to win tomorrow, and we're going to continue. It's all about getting out to vote because the only poll that's important is the one tomorrow. That's exactly right, and it's all about that. It's all about making sure, you, as you pointed out earlier, don't just come to vote today. Get out there and bring somebody with you if a neighbor needs a ride. And if you're not sure, ask. <laughs> Text or call friends and family members. Hey, I'm going to vote early today. You can do it up until, what, 2 o'clock today, I think, the uh, early voting uh, ends. Uh, but I'm going to the polls either today or tomorrow on Election Day. Do you need a ride? Let's go. Let's make sure we cast these votes. Vote Republican. Vote for Jim Renacci. Vote to uh, keep this country on the strong growth path that it's on right now rather than reverting back to the regressive economic policies of the Democrat-led government. So uh, let's make sure we get everybody out there, Congressman, and thank you so much for sharing your message today. Thank you, Bob. You have a great day. You do the same, sir. Thank you so much. Good luck to you tomorrow. Um, You know, it's funny. I'm a big fan of the movie Rounders. Um, it's what 20 years old now I think it is Matt Damon uh, who I know he's a liberal actor and I don't like these people either but the movie itself is uh, is a great movie and it's funny the uh, uh, lar- largely the premise of the, the game rounders which is about poker high stakes poker uh, is that it's not about luck it's not gambling it's a skill game is the way they talk about it and I always remember that from the movie it's not about luck and every time somebody says good luck when you're going to Vegas no you don't understand it's not about luck it's about my skill and my talent at winning when I say good luck to Jim Renacci it's not about luck he isn't going to win tomorrow because some you know uh, magical thing happens you know of good fortune it's going to take skill and the skill is yours and mine. This, the, the, the victory tomorrow for Jim Renacci, the victory tomorrow for Beverly Goldstein, the victory tomorrow for Jim Jordan, the victory tomorrow for Mike DeWine, it's not going to be because of luck. Those victories are going to be because we worked our tails off and used our skills and our talents to get the message out there, to share that message with other people, and to get them to the polls. It is all about turnout. Do not let the angry, vitriolic, anti-Trump, anti-civility, pro-intimidation, pro-harassment, pro-violence, mob-supporting Democrats out-hustle us to the polls. If we lose tomorrow, it won't be because of bad luck. It will be because we were outworked, because we did not take advantage of our skills. Do not let them out-hustle us. Get your behind to the ballot box and bring friends with you, particularly like-minded friends. That's how we win this. Not, for, not with good luck, and we don't lose it with bad luck. It's a skill game. It's a hustle game. Not hustling as in trying to pull the wool over somebody's eyes, but hustle as in working your tail off to make sure that more of us get to the polls than more of them. That's the way that it works. 216-901-0945 is the number. Is the number. 888-281-1110. Dial one of those right now, and I'll get you on the air next segment on AM 1420, The Answer. Eight one nine nine. All right, 953. Now the Bob France Authority continues. Less than a day from D-Day, less than 24 hours away from uh, voting and deciding the future of this country. Again, I try not to be melodramatic. I know sometimes it's hard, but in all seriousness, it is um, that important. The future of this country is going to be decided tomorrow. The fact that the Democrats have pulled out the big guns 
as much as they can by in the form of Barack Obama, uh, lets you know how serious this is. He's breaking from protocol in past pre- past elections. Former presidents do not come out in midterm elections and blast their successors in the way that he did. He is by uh, uh, doing this to uh, Donald Trump. But that's how desperate they are. It's also how desperate he is because he knows that what President Trump has done largely in less than two years of his first term is undo eight years of garbage put in place by Barack Obama by undoing the Iran nuclear deal and yesterday imposing the strongest sanctions ever imposed on Iran, which is exactly what we should be doing to a nation that in the middle of negotiations with John Kerry and Barack Obama took time out to chant death to America, death to America. Literally. Literally, as negotiations were ongoing, if you recall this a few years ago, when the Saran nuclear deal was put in place by Barack Obama and John Kerry, when this whole thing was being negotiated, the Ayatollah Khamenei went out there and stood on a balcony, balcony and joined his Iranian citizens in chanting death to America, death to Israel. As the negotiations were going on, then he'd come back to the table and say, you know, where were we? Oh, yeah. You're going to give us the green light to continue enriching uranium, to continue your, our, our nuclear program under the guise of energy as long as we want, with no anytime, anywhere sanctions. Anyway, he undid that nonsense, did President Trump. Uh, ended the, our participation in the ridiculous Paris Climate Accord, which was nothing but regressive international taxation on the American people. He ended TPP. He, I mean, he he ended NAFTA and rewrote that, along with the often repeated economic numbers: the four point three percent growth, the highest wages in ten years, lowest inter, uh, lowest unemployment in in uh, uh, um, fifty years, lowest unemployment for blacks and Hispanics and women ever recorded. All of these things, all of these things, President Trump is doing. He's doing a thousand times better than Barack Obama ever did them. And so they bring Obama out in their desperation to try to, uh, try to salvage something. It is painfully obvious they have nothing on which to run. And that's exactly what, um, uh, RNC chairwoman, uh, uh Ronna McDaniel had to say to CNN. Now we're, uh, we're averaging between 3.5 and 4% GDP. So the president talks about that, but he can talk about multiple things at once. And he's talked about our safety, immigration reform, funding our military, taking on the opioid crisis. And he's not just talking about it, he's delivering on it. And Democrats, what are they running on? I mean, what are they running on right now? What's their vision? Stop him, resist, obstruct? Exactly. They can't take any credit for this good economy because they sat on their hands for two mm-hmm. years and all they've done is try and stop this president from being successful. So what's their closing message? Abolish ICE, raise taxes. I mean, we have a record. We are going to the American people and saying we have delivered. Your lives are better. The economy's booming. Let's not go back. That is exactly what their their message is, by the way, what Ronna McDaniel just said there. Abolish ICE. Open our borders. Raise taxes. I mean, increase regulations. The same things that were done during the Obama administration, with the exception of the abolishing ICE part. But now that's, that's part of their new mantra. Ronald McDaniel's counterpart is Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez, also former Labor Secretary. He also went on CNN and tried his level best to explain how the economy was better under Barack Obama than it has been under Donald Trump. 
Friday showed a quarter of a million new jobs, steady unemployment at a 49-year low. Mm -hmm. I know wage growth has been lagging, but this is the best annual wage growth since 2009, mm -hmm. topping 3% for the first time since the Great Recession. That's higher than it ever got during your four years as Labor Secretary. Yet your statement in response to the numbers was, quote, <laughs> too many working families have been left behind in the Trump economy. What are you talking about? First of all, before his response, kudos where they're due to a CNN anchor. This is Jake Tapper ask, actually pointing it out and saying it. What are you talking about? How can you possibly say that America's families are being left behind when you look at these numbers, including wage growth, which is far better than anything that happened under Barack Obama and when you were Labor Secretary for four years? I'm talking about real wage growth. If, you're, if, if you get a dollar more on your paycheck and the cost of gasoline, the cost of health care, the cost of housing goes up by $3, you're not better off. And by the way, we created more jobs in the last 21 months of the Obama administration than in the first 21 months of the Trump administration. I love that line, too. I love when they cling to that. They're going to try to compare their 21 months of job growth of part-time jobs and service injury jobs, which are low-wage jobs, and again, part-time or temporary jobs, which knock people off the voter rolls, and they go into the statistics as a job created. Uh, to the Trump economy's job numbers, which include manufacturing jobs, higher wage jobs, as indicated by the fact that we have a higher wage growth now than we have had in a decade. And he's going to try to say, we created more jobs. Listen to some more of the spin. But what it's all about, Jake, is that people need to feel that if they work a full-time job, they're actually able to feed their family and not tread water. And that's what's happening across this country. Too many people are working two or three jobs to make ends meet because... Their salaries aren't enough. That's what happened under the Obama policies. That is exactly what was happening under the Obama policies. People having to work two or three jobs because they were all part-time and their salaries were low. Is he not listening to the number Jake Tapper just read him? Which is that wage growth is at a 10-year high because of the Trump policies? And the cost of living is going through the roof and health care is under attack. That's the health care costs went through the roof when Obamacare was implemented, which is why so many people got kicked off of their plans they were told they could keep and kicked away from their doctors whom they were told they could keep and then had to find a new plan that was extraordinarily overpriced. Premiums higher, deductibles higher, prescription cost copays higher. This is what the left is running on? Really? You want to compare economic records? You want to compare cost of living records? You want to compare wage growth? You want to compare job numbers? Bring it! And then we'll bring it with us to the ballot box tomorrow. Back after this. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.